got uh, my friend here, David Morris, with me. Uh, David, you can talk for just a second if you would like. <laughs> okay. Uh, wh while I tweet out a link to this. Okay. It's already an adventure. Hey, everybody. My name is David Morris. Uh, you may not know this, but uh, I write a little bit sometimes on Twitter under the handle at WD Morris Jr., uh, just JR for Jr. Uh, Blake and I are old friends. I've been working side by side for years. And so uh, you're probably here for him uh, because he has, over the last year, gone from nothing to 200,000 Twitter followers. And I've just had the privilege of uh, having a front row seat watching his rise. So uh, it's a lot of fun to be here. Uh, on this platform for this first uh, kickoff of Blake's call-in show and to get to be the first guest. So I'm pretty excited to be here, Blake. I'm happy to have you. That's a lot of, uh, a lot of kind words. Not sure they're all true. Um, well, it's just because this is being recorded. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, that makes, that makes good sense. Um, I've almost got this done. Okay. Sounds good. There's nothing that's more enjoyable when you're listening to something than someone to be doing something that you can't see and yes, have no idea yes. and then just sitting yeah. silently while they do it. Yeah. This is, um, this is the pain of uh, first episode. And uh, truth be told, the, the link I sent out earlier, I thought I was doing a private room and actually deleted it. So all right, now there's a tweet out. We'll see if see if we get anybody uh, to join in here. But while we're waiting, uh, for those of you that know or don't know, uh, I have a newsletter called While You're Away. The basic premise of this newsletter is to highlight tweets that I've seen throughout the previous week um, that caught my attention or went viral or I just found interesting in one way or another. Um, and so I'm going to do the same thing on this platform uh, with the only difference being I'm going to actually talk to the creators of those threads. Uh, and lucky for me, as David said, a, a good friend of mine happened to write a tweet last weekend that went uh, crazy viral. Um, on parenting. I think last I looked at it, it was that I'm sure David will correct me if I get these numbers wrong. <laughs> um, I believe it's at 96,000 likes. And last we spoke, it was at a 11 million, 12 million impressions, something like that. So um, I guess the first question I have is uh, what made you write that tweet? Oh, man. So uh, my philosophy when I started writing on Twitter was that I would just write about things that I was interested in. And um, and there's there's not much that I have more kind of passion and interest in than than being a parent, raising my kids and the relationship that I have with them. And and I am at this place in life where my kids are getting uh, older. I've got one in college. I've got one that's uh, working on going to college. Uh, I've got a couple others that are teenagers, kind of in their early teens. And um, 
I, you know, I recognize that when you're a young parent, man, you don't have any idea what you're doing. And, I, and I'm not, <laughs> I'm not saying now that uh, just because I'm 20 years into parenting that I have any idea what I'm doing. I mean, it's one of those things that uh, you're always figuring out as you go. The variables are always changing. Uh, your kids are going through different uh, like seasons of life and phases of life. And you're, you know, you're dealing with stuff all the time that you've never dealt with before. So the variables are always shifting. It's a, it's a moving target. So you're constantly trying to just figure things out and try things. And, and you have no idea if what you're doing is, is like working at all. And, and for, for lots and lots of years as a parent, I mean, you're, you're just fighting all these fights with your kids. And, and by fight, some people took offense to the language of sort of fighting and picking your battles. And what I mean by that is not, you know, that you have a contentious relationship with your children, but that, that there are things that kind of these stands that you take, these things that are important, these things that you enforce and reinforce with your kids that, that most of the time, you know, they don't like, uh, they're not happy about, they don't, they don't want to, they complain about, and, and you just kind of have to choose to stand, kind of stand your ground and, and hold to whatever it is that you're holding to. And, uh, and then hope that you're making the right decision. And so um, I'm just kind of getting into the phase of life where you're starting to see some of the fruit of some of those decisions that you chose uh, to stick to over the course of time. And so um, so that's kind of what prompted that is that I write about things that uh, that I care about that are interesting to me. There's nothing more uh, interesting to me and important to me that I think more about than my role as father uh, and my involvement in the life of my kids. And so it's a very long way to say uh, I just wrote about that because it popped into my mind that um, that. You have all these things that uh, that are hard to know as a parent uh, if they're going to ever pay off. And these are some things that I've seen pay off over the course of time. So it, it really is just written as an encouragement to other parents to say, hey, I struggle with these things, too. Um, I'm trying to figure this out as well. None of us really knows exactly what works. But here's some things that I've seen to be effective over the course of time. So. That's it. That's a great answer. Um, <laughs> a, a much better answer than I would have given. Um, but it, it, it brings to mind a question. Um, I'm curious. Uh, you have four kids. Uh, you're running a business. And you're somehow finding uh, time to write viral threads on Twitter. <laughs> uh, how do you balance uh, the three of those? Uh, basically, and not so much Twitter, I guess, as in your family, your job, and personal pursuits, things you want to do. Man, that's a really good question. I'm not sure if I'm a great, if I'm a great model of that. Uh, I will just pause and say, uh, uh, would love to tell you that I am intentionally writing things that go viral on Twitter. Um, I write things and then I'm surprised that anybody reads it or, and cares about it in the least bit. So, uh, so it catches me off guard when, 
you know, when it sparks something uh, with an audience there. But, um, you know, I just think this, this, some of the things that are kind of related to parenting in that was that um, if you knew me when I was younger, I, I don't think people would have said that I was a disciplined person. In fact, probably just the opposite. I think people probably would have said that I was somewhat undisciplined, disorganized, um, lazy, you know, some of those things that uh, that uh, aren't anything that anyone aspires to. And um, part of like maturing for me as an adult was recognizing that, recognizing some negative patterns. And then uh, a lot of this was forced by having young kids is that I, I didn't really have a choice except to figure out how to be disciplined with my time, um, how to how to live on a routine, how to be scheduled, how to plan things out. And um, and so I think that for me is the skill that's kind of developed over the course of many years is I do have a lot of competing demands. I do have a lot of things going on. And what's kind of saved me in my life is predictability, right? So uh, if I get up at the same time every day and I have the same morning routine and uh, I have things that I'm committed to in terms of uh, rhythms to how uh, I'm, I work and, and manage the business that I run and do things, you know, carve out time to write and have some creative expression and those things. It's that that's really what I would say is kind of the foundation for that for me is just, you know, building in some some rhythm and some predictability in my life and and removing removing chaos. And and so to me, uh, I can have a lot going on, but as long as it's not chaotic, then I can I can manage that if that answers your question. Uh, it it does. Uh, it sounds easier said than done. Um, I know uh, I have some similar traits as far as uh, struggling with being disciplined and uh, not necessarily knowing what I should do, but but actually doing it. Um, so in that same in that same vein of discussion. So how. What's your routine with Twitter and writing? Um, how do you write a bunch of threads ahead of time? Do you take notes? Do you like when an idea comes to you? How do you capture it and and begin that process? Oh yeah, okay. So so one one quirky thing about me is that uh, I always have ideas all the time about all sorts of different stuff. So. Uh, I have this sort of philosophical side of me that's that's always kind of chewing on something that ranges from uh, something that might be, you know, somewhat interesting and insightful to just like, uh, you know me, Blake, anyone else who's listening doesn't know me this way, but, um, <laughs> but in, including just like oddball perspectives on the world. Like I laugh about a joke about that, you know, I've got a theory about everything, like anything and everything. You ask me about it and I'll tell you, you know, here's my grand uh, social sociological perspective on X. Right. And so I just it's just almost like a quirk that I have where there's just always kind of stuff kicking around in my brain. So so generally speaking for me um, with Twitter, 
what I've tried to do is just uh, to capture those. So I've just used, you know, there's a the uh, Twitter plugin, I guess. I don't know what exactly uh, label it falls under, but uh, typefully and and typefully you can create drafts of tweets or threads, whatever yep. you want to do. And so I just I probably have like 50 of those. Oh, going. wow. Yeah. yeah 50. And, wow. Yeah. And, wow. and and they range they range from like uh like three words to you know a half written you know twenty tweet thread so there's a there's a lot in there and you know and and so then if I'm ever stuck uh and you know think man I gotta write something this weekend and I don't know what then that's always my starting point like I will go into typefully I will look through my drafts and um you know, I did that today. So I was like, man, I, it's Friday. I probably ought to think about what I'm going to write this weekend. So I went into the type fleet and uh, I'd kind of forgotten that I had a thread that I was working on a few weeks ago that I decided not to post and to post something different because it just wasn't quite coming together. But it was, you know, 60% already written. And so I added a little bit of what was there to make it better. And then I added a little bit to the pieces that were missing. And, you know, in half an hour, it was, it was done and, and pretty well ready to be posted. So I think like, that's been the thing for me, the, the, the hard part for me, to be honest, is that uh, uh, there's a bunch of stuff that only makes sense to me in my mind. And so kind of filtering out through the lens of um, would this make sense to somebody else? And then the, the big question that I'm always trying to ask when I'm, I'm writing is how will this be helpful to someone? Because that, that really is, you know, if you tried to boil down, like, what do I write about? The, the answer to that would be, I try to write about things that I think will be helpful to people. And, and that, right. that, that, you know, that falls into a range of topics. So, you know, if I write yeah, about yeah. that could be like life advice or right. tactical threads on yeah. how to do something or, yeah. you know, any number of things. Yeah. Business stuff. You know, so if I, when I write something about parenting, like I, I'm not writing something about parenting to make some big statement or to, you know, challenge people or to tell somebody they're a bad parent or, to say, hey, look at me, I know how to parent and you don't just, you know, follow me. I, there's, there's nothing to me like more arrogant than that concept, right? <laughs> None right, of us right. know what we're doing. We're all trying to figure it out. So what I'm putting out into the world is just, uh, hey, here's some things that have helped me. Maybe they'll help you. And whether that's, here's some things that have helped me in business. Here's some things that have helped me process through my own, you know, fear Here's some things that have helped me as a parent, you know, wherever, whatever you uh, category that it falls into that week, that's the overarching theme of what I'm trying to do. Now, I obviously don't always accomplish that. And I'm sure I've written plenty of unhelpful things uh, out there, but, but that's like, that's my intention behind it is, you know, maybe I can put something from, from my experience out there into the world that will help someone. And I mean, the vast majority of anything that I write and lessons that I've learned are all spawned from my own personal struggles. So, uh, you know, I've, I've had tremendous failure in my life of, of all sorts. Um, I've, 
I've uh, given up on myself so many times. I have uh, pulled back from doing things simply for the reason because I was afraid. Um, I have made more mistakes than I can count uh, raising kids. I mean, all, all these things have just come from the, um, the, the kind of the hard knocks of living almost 46 years and jacking up a lot. <laughs> and, yeah, and then, yeah. I think and, I think one of the things you realize when you have kids of your own, um, you view your own parents in a through a different lens. Uh, you you start to realize, right. oh wait, uh, they're just people too. They didn't know what the hell they were doing. They are figuring it out. Um, stuff I didn't like, they did, or stuff I thought they did wrong, or whatever. Yeah. They would probably say, yeah, I screwed up. I didn't know what I was doing. I was figuring it out. Um, I'm going to say real quick while we're, because these, these only last about 30 minutes. Um, I see Curtis is listening in. Curtis, if you want to ask a question or if you want to chime in, uh, I think all you have to do is hit the telephone button down in the right-hand corner and, and we'll be happy to take any questions if you have any. If not, uh, me and David will just keep yeah, keep we do this keep all chopping the time. Out. Yeah, uh, Blake and I is... can talk for hours on end with no problem. <laughs> this is normal. And, and, and no audience. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, but no, that's what that's what came to mind for me was you know I I, I just I have a seven year old as you know and the the older he gets um, he the, the more I realize I have no clue what I'm doing. Um, and and he looks at me like I've I've got it figured out and um, right man is it anything but and then and when I do something wrong he's he started he's smart enough and starting to get old enough that uh, he'll say well dad you did that or well you said that and I'm right. like yeah 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 I yeah. did yeah and and Pro- we still shouldn't yeah yeah <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> well, I, I, I'm sure I, I've told you this story before, but I'll I'll tell it again. Um, I I had this very uh, important for me moment as a parent because when I was growing up, same thing that you're describing. So I I have three siblings, and so I'm third in the birth order, and and for for almost nine years I was the youngest. So my brother was kind of a surprise child that came along later, and then I have two older sisters, and so. Um, I, I really believed wholeheartedly that my parents knew exactly what they were doing at all times, that, that every decision they made, that everything they allowed us to do or didn't allow us to do, I, I didn't like it all. I didn't agree with it all. Uh, a lot of times I didn't even think they were that good of parents. Um, but, but the last thing that I ever thought was that, that they were figuring out as they went. Right. I mean, they just seemed to know exactly what they were doing. And yep. same. Uh, and so I, I had this I had this moment. This was, uh, I don't know, uh, five or six years ago, seven years ago, uh, where uh, my wife and I were in our bedroom with the door closed, having one of those conversations. That's like, um, well, such and such kid, you know, threatened the other one with a knife. Or something, you know, oh, what do we do? Like, you know, we're having this conversation about 
uh, one kid did something and we're trying to figure out like what's an appropriate discipline and we're like bouncing ideas off of each other. Well, we right, could, right. We could, Kid, yeah, we could kids don't them think from... that their parents are sitting in, right. in the other room at <laughs> right. night saying, man, I don't know what to do. Do yeah. you know what to right. do? Right, uh, right. What do you think we should say? I don't know. And then, you know, one of them inevitably wants to be, you know, take a firmer stance, be harder on on the child than the other. And you're, you're volleying back and forth uh, what to do. And then you just land somewhere in the middle that you can both live with and hope it doesn't screw up your kid. Right. 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 <laughs> right. And so we're, we're in this situation, bouncing ideas back and forth, trying to figure out what's a good discipline. And, 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 and literally it's like a, it's like we're playing craps. We're just like, here, here's some dice. Well, what does that add up to? And, uh, and it, it that was, I just had this moment where I was like, Oh, my parents probably did this too. And it was just like right. this light came on that they didn't know what they were doing any more than I know what I'm doing. And so, so one of the things I, I wrote uh, a while ago, the very first thing I wrote about parenting was, uh, I can't remember, it was like 10 things you need to say to your kids immediately. And one of them was, I don't know what I'm doing. And, um, or I'm figuring out as I go, something like that. But, but I started communicating that to my kids. I started saying, hey, um, I haven't dealt with this before. I don't know exactly what I'm doing here. Uh, and let's, let's talk it through, right? Here's, here's what I'm thinking here and why. Here's yeah, what I'm trying I'm... to accomplish here and why. And it, it opened up. It was like when I came clean that with my kids that I, I was figuring it out as we went. Um, it just it, it opened up this level of engagement and conversation together that I that I felt ultimately has been really healthy for our relationships. Uh, and and it, and it also, you know, I think one of the most critical things when you're when you're parenting is just that it's OK to be fallible with your kids. Yeah. It's OK. To, it's OK to say, um, I don't. I don't know that this is the right decision with full confidence, but it's the best one that I can make right now. And so I'm just asking you to trust me. Uh, and, and it might be, it might be wrong. And sometimes it is. And then you can come back and say, man, uh, now I see that that wasn't exactly the right thing to do. And, uh, and so there's a, like a learning. So in some ways you're training your kids how to be a parent when they're a kid you know and right so... right 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 yeah no i mean i've you're exactly right i mean i've i've had to go back to mine and you know say man uh sorry i reacted that way sorry i said yeah you know you had to do this or you had to do that um man i didn't think that all the way through that that probably wasn't the right course of action and right and even at even as young as he is um, currently, um, you can tell there's a level of appreciation um, for saying, going back and saying, man, I'm sorry, I was wrong. Um, yeah. Well, there's kind of a generational shift that's happened. And I, I think it sort of started with, so I, I would fall squarely in like the Gen X category, just kind of age-wise. And, um, you know, my, my parents grew up in a generation where like the baby boomer generation 
um, you didn't question your parents. Your parents were never wrong. Your parents right. never apologized to you for anything, right? And so, so my my parents were uh, probably a little bit more in the hybrid range there, right? Where it was like, yeah, my mine uh, too. Um, sometimes it was pretty clear. Uh, this is not something uh, I can question, and and sometimes the opposite, right? And so, so that's what began, to, you know, so there's been sort of these kind of generational cultural shifts, at least in, in Western parenting away from, uh, unquestionable authority of mom and dad to, uh, a little bit of a, yeah, sometimes I don't get it right, but I still keep up this idea that I'm, I'm pretty well have it all together to a, another little, another shift forward, which is uh, a little bit more comfort with, um, saying i was wrong i missed on this one you, you know and i so i think i think altogether like the the net effect of that is is super healthy relationally and it also too is a lot more uh, reparative in the process of a kid growing up because um i think one of the things that does the most damage to a kid uh, with regard to their relationship with their parents is just when the kid knows that they've been wronged, but the parent won't model, uh, uh, you know, saying, I'm sorry. Right. <laughs> I, I was wrong. Please forgive me. Uh, those things. So I think I, years ago, years ago, I, I went and heard a speaker talk about uh, some of the brain science around um, like emotional development for kids. And the thing that I walked away with was that, um, that literally in the brain, uh, apologizing repairs things like it undoes damage in the brain. And so that was just such a powerful thing for me because the, the guy spent the first 45 minutes talking about all the ways that we damage a kid's brain as parents so, you <laughs> right know. and then gave you some gave you some respite that hey uh, uh you can undo it um, yeah so yeah, it, so it's I, not permanent right and so yeah so i was sitting there for like 45 minutes just like feeling this burden of uh you know my my kids are going to you know all I've become serial killers lives yeah right. they're all gonna they're all gonna be serial killers because of me and then at the end he said you know began to shift to talk about, Hey, all this can be undone if you just apologize in the moment. And, uh, and so, so that was something that I've tried to incorporate in practice is, and that, that's not always easy, but, um, but it, it, if you can sort of exercise those muscles that say, uh, okay, my reaction obviously is not right. Uh, I just shamed, belittled, screamed at whatever it is my kid that was you know that was unwarranted and then well those things are never warranted so anytime those things happen it's pretty easy black and white line to say man i've got to go back and and repair and then the other principle i've tried to operate in is that and this is one of the this is one of the true but hard parts of life is um, once i have reacted uh, incorrectly uh, once I've had a wounding reaction to something, then whatever the other person did is no longer the issue. <laughs> like I've, right. I have, 
I have given up my ability to deal with whatever issue I wanted to deal with. Uh, now it's only about me, my reaction and repairing that relationship. And so, so I've had to swallow that, which is, you know, my kid did this, you know, they just punched the other kid in the stomach and, and now I've given up my right essentially to parent them through that by my reaction. And so now the sole focus is what I've done. That's wrong. I can't say I did this, but only because you did this. So right that's put some additional burden on me to say and i don't don't always practice that well but i'm just this is a little bit more of what i'm aspiring to is that you know that's putting some put some more burden on me to manage that reaction on the front end because if i want to deal with what they've done i also have to deal with what they've done in a helpful constructive way well i think i think we're running up against time um but i i think a good a good closing summary is a mutual friend of ours, Barrett O'Neill, um, replied to the tweet I sent out uh, in regard to you uh, with the phrase, the Twitter dad we didn't know we needed, but we're glad to have. <laughs> I, I, I agree wholeheartedly. Uh, thank you for coming on. You bet. And I think that's it. Okay. Hey, I'll see you later. Enjoy. All right. See ya. <laughs> Bye.